Summer Bays, the unofficial Home and Away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavner, where I take a weekly look at the trials and tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week, I'll do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters find themselves in, like, is hiding a criminal from your boyfriend a dumpable offence or is murdering a murderer really a crime? Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Now, before I get started, I want to share a top tip to really enhance your home and away viewing, and that is no spoilers. So right when the episode ends, when it's Ed coming up tomorrow on Home and Away, just press pause. It's a total game changer. You won't see any of the twists and turns coming your way. And it really adds to the melodramatic twists the show is famous for. Okay, well, so this week started off as a little bit of a roller coaster. So we had Jasmine bonding with Tori over the fact that they're going to have half-sibling children and Tori really steps up in to help Jasmine saying that like look we're family now we have Willow swapping rooms we have cot deliveries we've called to grandparents the intense love for Grace is mounting and mounting what a terrible build up oh my god we all knew it was coming you didn't need a spoiler to figure that one out and I just had to look away at Jasmine's little face when she's told that she was not pregnant And in her pain and misery, she wanders into the ocean and has to be rescued by Tori and Willow. And then Tori providing that kind of medical reasoning as to why the fake pregnancy happens. And it just gives us a very good litmus test into where Jasmine is actually faring. And it's obviously not in a very good place. And she's almost imagined this baby and... I find it interesting that they didn't go down the miscarriage route. It's actually, by having this fake pregnancy, it's showing us just how much she was using the pregnancy as a crutch to deal with her grief of Robbo. But like, yes, okay, a fake pregnancy and it does require a bit of like medical backing up. But I think they've like pitched it in a very clever way that you can actually kind of understand why and how Jasmine has gotten to this point. Look, she's an orphan. She arrived to the bay with this stalker boyfriend who was very possessive. So like the bay is very much her family, her home. Robbo provided her with the future she never thought she'd get. And now she's, that's all been obliterated. And now any memory that she did have of Robbo is now gone. Like, so you can understand how, how she's gotten to this point. And then by diving in to Mind and Grace, like the day of or the day after, she finds out she's not pregnant. She's now babysitting Grace. I'd have to question Tori here. I know Jasmine makes for a convincing case, but a supervised babysitting and she's slowly starting to attach that love for the pregnancy on to Grace. She's so weirdly happy minding Grace and she's even given the Irene eyes and you know the Irene eyes when she's like, "Mm, oh my Godfather or... God Save Ireland when she says that stuff like she's really well she has Jasmine's best interest at heart she's very much going like this isn't this is a bit intense here and okay I know this is probably bad to say but I just love these kind of storylines it's real hand that rocks the cradle 
woman storyline of a woman trying to rob a baby that isn't her I live for I am just loving how they're doing this because they're making it sound really convincing to me anyway and What's she going to do? She's, she raised Grace for the first six weeks of her life while Tori couldn't. So she has this weird connection with Tori. She's now, she's grief stricken and she's now also grieving the loss of her unborn baby or pre- lost pregnancy. And now we're entering into this slow descent into, Jasmine, what are you up to? What are you doing with that baby? What's going on? But it's also, it's not done in a real dramatic way. Like she just runs away with the baby and like then it becomes this big, massive scene. This is just all very much like Grace is everything. Grace makes me feel okay. Grace makes me think of Robbo and feel close to him. So it's done very cleverly. Can I say that for a soap opera? Of course can. But I just love the direction that it's going in. Like when I, you know what it says previously on Home and Away and then you kind of have an idea of what storylines are coming up. When Jasmine's not featured, I'm like, no, I need to see the next episode. I am just, I can't wait to see where it's going to go. She's, oh, it's so exciting. Sorry, underneath all of this baby issues, okay, Wendy comes to visit and Wendy and Tori's dynamic could be a storyline on its own, but why aren't they making it a bigger storyline? So Tori, in fairness, has been absolutely terrible to Wendy. Okay, I know Wendy is a bit of a nag. I get that. You haven't sent the grandmother any photos. Oh, I'm just trying to settle her and I'm getting back to work. Sorry, you can get Justin to send photos for you if you're too busy. And I know Wendy was making her feel really guilty being like, why have you gone back to work? I get it. But I just kind of feel like Tori talking about Wendy behind her back and saying like, oh, she's making me feel terrible, blah, blah, blah. It's like, all you have to do is send a few photos. That's all you have to do. Oh, yeah, so I really, I love those awkward bits. So yes, then Leah and Justin are very much getting back on track. And what an intimate insight we have into their relationship. Like way more than any of the other couples. Yes, Ari and Mac, we've seen them in bed together a few times, but it's very much like falling into bed and like climbing out of it. It's not the kind of the intimacy that we see with Justin and Leanne. I don't have a problem with it, but it's just very much like pitching Leah as this like, I still got it. You know, I'm ready. They kept talking about their sex life and now, but they get under the covers twice this week. And I'm glad just though, glad that Leah is feeling her power back and even after the blip with Douglas that he got the 25 year sentence with 15 years without parole while that looked to have set her back she was like actually no I'm fine and the dust seems to be settling on that but then that moment when they start having a fight about Ben and Maggie and Leah completely blows up and it just that to me was like so unbelievable. I know they want to prove that, you know, Stella's got her groove back and she's back to normal. You know, I didn't buy it. I absolutely did not buy it. And it wasn't like, I think because Justin was so like, I don't want to fight with you. And then she was like on a rant, but it was almost as if she was like talking too quickly. I don't know. I just didn't No, Jerry wasn't sold. But I'm so glad Justin and Leah are back on track, though, because I adore them as a couple. They both definitely deserve each other. If anything ever happens, I'd be really upset. So I'm holding on to them for dear life because Ben and Maggie. Oh, my gosh. So Marco's still hanging around like a bad smell. And Marco's like guilting Ben into like, look how lucky you are. And Ben is like, excuse me, you've ruined my life and my marriage. And... 
I think what Maggie did with to get Marco out of town was great. And again, not acknowledged by anyone. I know Marco goes over to Ben and is like, oh, you win, like be a better husband. And Ben is still like, okay, leave me alone. I hate you. But Maggie got him out of town, said leave or I'll tell your parents that you've run their business into the ground. Again, uncredited. Maggie firstly was being bribed by this man. That is completely not a focus. And then she's gotten Marco out of town and no one said, oh, cool, thanks, Maggie. But anyway, she is completely, I can understand why they're not focusing on any good parts because her impatience is mind-blowing. She's like, tell me something I can do. You have to give me a chance. And he's like, no, you can't just snap your fingers and this is gone. And then the whole pass. Oh my God. When, on what planet is that ever, ever a good idea? Even if she was fine with it at the time and even if she meant it and even if Ben went along with it and then even if he got with a girl, this would just come up later in life being like, she could say, you took the whole pass. I just, the mind boggles. I don't understand how, on what planet. And I know immediately, obviously, as she said it, she had taken it back. But like, this woman can't stop making this worse for herself. And again, why isn't anyone talking about counselling? Like, I think even if their marriage is going to end, you should do it with counselling just to make sure you're making the right decision and that you're saying all the stuff that you can say. Oh, but like I can see now why Ben is shutting down saying like, I don't see a way through this. And I know she's very hopeful, but I also th- still think that it's not... I just don't know. I can't see... I thought when Marco said to Ben, oh, be a better husband, there I was really hopeful that they might get back together. Like, and even with Rue getting involved. But then as the week starts ending, you have... Ben talking about wanting to move out but then it takes another turn and a a bit of a glimmer of hope when Ben comes back from his surf trip and then when Maggie resolves things with Ziggy you kind of think that there's it could I just don't know which way it's going to go it's 50-50 one episode I think that they'll make it and then other times I'm like oh no maybe this is them done because it's still pretty icy and yes so speaking of Ziggy the hallmark for the worst roommate ever Drinking all the milk, drinking all the beer, using all the hot water, hogging the couch and forcing Colby to use earplugs at nighttime. I just, I think she is intolerable, especially when she is in an emotional whirlwind where she, all she's doing is walking around the bay, being really ignorant of other people and their belongings and their things. She's so, in true home and away fashion, she's in such a self-centred bubble and like nothing that anyone says or does is going to help me and I'm just going to charge around the place and being really inconsiderate, like really. And her stuff with Dean, I know he's trying to help her and I understand, look, he's very understanding and they're hopefully in it for the long haul. But like calling, telling Dean, I'm sorry, I'm such a burden and he's like, I ju- that's not what I meant. Like is she's... She's just incapable of like seeing reason at this point. And I really love after Ben comes back from the surf trip, the wind is taken out of her sails. He's like, you should not be. Why are you being mad at your mom? This is pointless. That's between me and her. It's not between you and her. Like you've focused. And then she's like, oh, why was I so mad? Why was I dodging all those calls? And then goes and forgives Maggie. And then Maggie gets to explain her side of the story. So it's like, what was that all for? Ugh. I'm so happy 
that all got deflated pretty quickly. And I hope she did feel a bit stupid after that because it was really like, this is not, I mean, it just shows her age maybe, I don't know, but it just, she didn't handle that great. And I, while I don't agree with his methods, I just love how Kobe threw all her stuff off the balcony. But it was a great way to get her out of her bubble and just make her realise this isn't just your house that you live on your own. You're literally a guest in Colby's home and that house is already pretty packed. So why, like, do you think that you can just bulldoze your way around the place? I just really hate inconsiderate people and Ziggy is at the height of my list. And throughout all this, I cannot stop staring at Maggie's faces. She's making all these like, I can't do them because you can't see me, but kind of like half smiles, smirks, quirks of the head. I'll be fine. What are you doing? What's happening to your face? It's not a good way to convey that you are sad and or upset or like pretending to be okay. And then with the, like, while I love her haircut, it just kind of accentuates things because it's like so sharp and bounces around her head. So the much like Ben's hair throughout his emotional turmoil, it's Maggie's faces that are kind of like replicating it on the other side. I don't know. It's something that I've, well, this is a very sad situation. It is, but I, but I keep chuckling myself away at these, the many facial expressions of Maggie Estoni. Which brings me on to Gemma and the Paradas. The wheels of momentum are certainly carrying her. She's getting way more independent, which kind of makes Maz feel a bit useless. But then Leah wants her old job back. So Gemma's going to get a new job and she gets one at Salt. And I just wonder, did Mackenzie give it to Gemma because of Ari? Like she's definitely wanting to like impress Ari, so... While Gemma seems like the perfect employee, I just wonder, does that have something to do with it? I just can't help but think about that. And I don't know why, why Mackenzie would still want to fancy Ari. He's still giving Nick a hard time. Like, stop it. I'm so sick of this. Like, I can't imagine what Nick must be feeling. I don't blame him for running away to the city and wanting to run away. So this is definitely the hook, line and sinker to get Tane into the show because he's not going to leave his mum and it just po- now there's even more tension built up because Tane's been like told not to talk to to Nick. So yeah, I feel like we're going to be definitely be seeing way more of the Paradas. Okay, well then that about wraps it up for me today. So what did you think of the week's events? Can you relate to the Jasmine storyline where you want a baby so much you've you fake your body into believing that you have a pregnancy do you like the fact that we're heading down the hand that rocks the cradle storyline like I do what or could you forgive your partner if they cheated on you 20 years ago with your brother or even do you agree that Z is the worst housemate or do you agree that Ziggy is the worst housemate to ever exist if you want to get in touch, you can email the show summerbayspodcast at gmail.com and don't forget about the no spoilers. Try it and see what happens after a week. Don't look at the episode descriptions. Don't look about what's coming up on next week. Don't read the little blurbs in the paper or online or anything like that and see how you get on. G'day and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>